Let us open the worship of God today by turning to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, where the Apostle Paul declares to us the preciousness and value and purpose of the preaching of the gospel. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, beginning at verse 21. For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world, by wisdom, knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. For the Jews require a sign, and the Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block, and unto the Greeks foolishness. But unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. Amen Amen and amen. After that, in the wisdom of God, in verse 21, when God took a survey of humanity, he realized that though he revealed himself so clearly in the natural creation, they would not know him. They would not seek him. They would not believe on him. And so it pleased him by the foolishness of preaching. That's not preaching foolishness, but by the weak measure of men with earthen vessels declaring his gospel message, that he would save them that believe that message. He would communicate to them the knowledge of God through preaching. The problem is, the Jews require a sign. You can remember, I hope, from Matthew chapter 12, the Pharisees came to Jesus and said, show us a sign. You know, that was after he had performed 14,379 miracles. They said, show us a sign. And he said, the only sign I'm going to give this evil and adulterous generation is that you can bury me, and three days and three nights from now I will rise from the dead. That'll be my sign. The Jews want a sign. The Greeks seek after wisdom. They want earthly wisdom. Their gnosis or Gnosticism, the worship of wisdom by their definition was what intrigued them. But, verse 23 tells us, we preach Christ crucified. Though God knew what the Jews wanted, and though God knew what the Greeks wanted, He didn't give them either of their wishes. He gave them Christ crucified, the preaching of the Son of God coming to earth and laying down His life for His people. To the Jews, that was a stumbling block, which we've been reading in Romans 9, haven't we? that even the elect Israel stumbled over that stumbling stone and that rock of offense, Christ Jesus. To the Greeks, a bunch of foolishness. A man resurrected from the dead? I don't think so. So they laughed Paul out of their assembly on Mars Hill in Athens, Greece. But even in that little assembly, were there some that believed? Was Dionysius the Areopagite? And Damaris, did they follow the Apostle Paul, out of that assembly. Yes, they did. But unto them which are called, those that are appointed and ordained to eternal life, both Jews and Greeks of both categories, verse 24 tells us that when we hear the preaching of the cross and the preaching of Christ crucified, it shows to us Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. That God in wisdom could devise such a plan of salvation for us and that God in power could bring it about. A virgin birth... An incarnation of God in human flesh. 
all the miraculous power of the Lord Jesus Christ, His resurrection from the dead, the great transaction that took place on Calvary, where He was made sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him, who sits at the right hand of God, all principalities and powers being made subject to a man born of a lowly girl named Mary, the power and the wisdom of God. And so we're here in this little place this morning to thank the God of heaven for His kindness to us, not only in doing these things, but in preaching the gospel to us. And can you tell something about yourself, whether you like that message or not, what it says of you in verse 24? If you believe that message and you see the power and the wisdom of God in Jesus Christ, then you're the called of the Lord Jesus Christ. You're His elect. Otherwise, you'd have no room for it, no place for it, no pleasure or delight in it. And so let's be thankful and rejoice this morning and bless the God of heaven that He's left the rest of this world to their wisdom, which is utter folly and vanity. And He has revealed the knowledge of Himself to us through Jesus Christ our Lord. And let's worship Him this day and be thankful for what He's done for us. He has not only saved us, He's revealed the truth and wisdom of the universe to us through His Son Jesus and the preachers that His Son ordained. Let us pray. Our Holy Father in Heaven, we bless and praise Thy great and glorious name. We thank Thee, Holy Father, that in Your wisdom, You could see that the world in its pursuit of wisdom would never discover anything of value without Your blessing. We thank Thee, Heavenly Father, that though the Jews required a sign and the Greeks sought after wisdom, You didn't give them either category what they wanted, but You sent preachers, fishermen from Galilee, to preach the incontrovertibly great message of the mystery of godliness that God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the Spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up into glory. And we thank Thee that that list of facts about our Lord Jesus Christ is no mystery to us. It's revealed truth. And we thank Thee for it. Heavenly Father, thank You for showing us the truth of the Gospel. Thank You for calling and ordaining us to eternal life. And as many as were ordained to eternal life believed. We thank Thee, Heavenly Father, that we believe by Your choice of us before the world began. We thank You that Jesus Christ is the power and the wisdom of God to us. And this day, Holy Father, we shall, in the ways that You have described and commanded, Remember Him until He comes for us. We thank Thee, Holy Father, for the Spirit of the living God. The Spirit of truth that bears witness of the Lord Jesus Christ. That You would grant us an abundant measure of Him this day. Lord, stir us up in our hearts. Take our souls and our spirits and direct them heavenward toward the Lord Jesus Christ. Save us and deliver us from all the tempting thoughts and foolish vanity of our ordinary lives. And bless us for the little time that we have together here to think on heavenly things. Our Father in heaven, we pray that as we come to the Lord's table later, and as we take up the cup 
of the blood of the new covenant that we will remember and delight in the fact that we are perpetuating a 2,000 year old witness on earth that Jesus is the Son of God. We do believe that message. And Heavenly Father, we pray that our lives will not only confirm it, but exalt that fact that Jesus is Lord of all. O Lord, let there not be a single part of our lives where Jesus Christ does not rule over every part of our existence and our conversation in the earth. Be with your saints and the servants that will labor for them this day in every place. Heavenly Father, we ask nothing for ourselves that we do not ask as well for them. We pray that you would preserve our nation from its foolishness at the highest levels to the lowest levels. For the sake of our children and their children in the days to come, that we might continue to lead quiet and peaceable lives in all godliness and honesty. Forgive us our sins and foolishness. Forgive us for being so enticed by the things of this world and for being so caught up in the cares of this life that we do not bring forth fruit to perfection. But, O Lord, this day free us from those thorns that would choke out the Word of God. And, Heavenly Father, put a cloud between us and the son of persecution that would discourage us and let us be lifted up in the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank Thee, Lord of heaven and earth, that we believe the gospel. And we do believe it. Help our unbelief, O Lord. And strengthen us this day with all might in our inner man. It's in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, that we offer up this prayer and commit our assemblies this day. Amen.